What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Ricky Lundell is a Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu third degree black belt under Pedro Sauer and considered by many to be his most technical black belt Ricky started jiu-jitsu at the age of six and is credited with being the youngest North American to receive the rank of black belt in Gracie Brazilian jiu-jitsu at the age of 19. Ricky Lundell won the world team trials and took home the most outstanding grappler award in 2007 and 2008. He represented the USA for grappling two times and is a two-time FILA World Championship in Submission Grappling under FILA, International Federation of Associated Wrestling Styles. He has coached UFC great fighters such as John Jones, Travis Brown, Frank Merck, Dan Hardy, and more. He lives his life with his 1% better everyday mentality. This episode will get you off your butt and pushing your limits. One of the newest sponsors of the podcast and one of my favorite brands right now is Viore Clothing. Viore is the perfect performance apparel for anyone who loves yoga, surfing, hiking, being active, or in the weight room. They combine innovative fabrics with cool finishes that really feel good and are great for the environment. I would head over to vioriclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com to receive 25% off. Yes, that's 25% off your first order. Use discount code WGYT. And if at any point you're not satisfied with the purchase, send it back. That's 25% off your order with 100% satisfaction guaranteed at vioriclothing.com. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you wanna connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the Sandblast Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. Ricky, thank you for joining us on What Got You There. How are you today? Hey, Sean, I'm 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 having a great day, man. I'm excited to be here on the phone with you. I mean, we had we had a few technical di- difficulties to be here, but I don't think that was going to deter us from getting on the telephone together. Of course not. Yeah. Overcoming a little adversity never hurt. But uh, I mean, you're someone who's going out there attacking each day. That's why I really wanted to have you on the podcast. And we're really fortunate to have you on. But I want to start back and kind of talk about your early years. And I hope that really sets up your mindset and how you've accomplished some of the things you have. So what was it like? What were you like from an early age? Um, you know, from, from an early age, I, I I was always a very driven um, young man. I started training jujitsu when I was six years old under Pedro Sauer, who's a world renowned, uh, world renowned master now. And he had, he had come specifically from Brazil. I, 
I consumed all of my spare time with uh, training jujitsu, and uh, never never stopped until I got my my black belt at 19, and then continued on looking for bigger and better things, even even from there. So, so I think I think jujitsu helped in in setting me up with good structure. I have I have an incredible family system that just um, they're all about success and education and and hard work and never giving up them. We come from a background in Utah that <clears throat> where, where, uh, there was, there was farming and, and, uh, rail railroad work and mink farms and, and ranches and, and, uh, everybody around there, you know, they had, they had, uh, something to do it as early as the crack of dawn and they worked all day and then they, they went to bed at night. And I think that, you know, because of that, my ancestors instilled, some very strong values in me. Yeah, I mean, those values that have been instilled, it's kind of funny. You mentioned, so you were six years old when you started, correct? That's right. I started back in 1992, the year before the UFC even hit hit the world. The UFC hadn't even happened yet. So, I mean, what, what even, I guess, initially inspired that or got you into original classes with Pedro at the time? Well, Sean, he, he had just arrived right from Brazil. Brazil had had a, an economical crash that that caused the Gracies and Pedro Sauer to to leave the country and to pursue, you know, jujitsu in America, taking their style somewhere where they could actually make more money and expand in a new market that hadn't been seen before. Uh, we were dominated at that time by the by the karate and the kung fu and and stand up styles. And and um, when Pedro Sauer came out, he he had two daughters. And he went out to California and they were out there for a little bit. The Gracies had just started up, up their academy and Pedro Sauer went on a trip out to, out to Utah. And he ended up, he ended up liking Utah for the idea that he, he could raise his daughters out there as, uh, the, the, the people and the, the way things were set up as a very family oriented area. And he, he moved him and his daughters there opened up the smallest school, Sean. I'm talking small. It was, it was maybe 12 feet across by 20 feet long. And it was, it was on the border of this town. It had 2,500 people in it. It was uh, so unreal that this, this world-renowned black belt found himself in, in Linden, Utah, of all places, and uh, now was looking for students, and they came. They came down to my school. And they did this little. They did this little. Uh, hey, we'd like to take the kids out and show them some martial art moves. <laughs> and and the school okayed this. And at this time, Pedro Sauer he didn't speak much English. I mean, he he literally knew do like this and fight. Those were like his. <laughs> those were his words. And somehow he got through administration and they allowed him <laughs> to take out these kids out on the playground and show them this jujitsu style that nobody had, had ever seen before. And he, he says to everybody, Who, which one of you in here is pretty tough? And my dad had, had two black belts in karate. And I had been out in the cul-de-sac before, and I'd thrown some kicks. I'd watched the Ninja Turtles. I had, I had seen the Power Rangers. I mean, I, I was a bad dude. 
<laughs> I was a bad dude. So I raised my hand and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty tough. And so Pedro, he goes, oh, well, do you think you could fight my daughter? Basically fight Thaisa. That was his only two words. And Thaisa was his daughter who was like five years old. This little pretty cute girl in this little white gi with this little yellow belt poking out different directions. And, and I was like, it's a girl. It's a girl. I'm definitely going to get this girl. Right. So I'm like, sure. You know, yeah, I can fight her. And I get up and I put my fists up, you know, and I, we get in a fight out on this playground in the middle of the playground. And this was okayed by the school that we could be out there. And this guy that shows up from Brazil who used to fight on the beaches of Brazil, he's like, of course, this is how you, you learn jujitsu. You got you to punch each other. Well, this little girl takes me down, Sean, <laughs> while I'm trying to punch her. And right off, right when I hit the ground, I turn over to get up and she wraps her arms around my neck in something I'd never seen before. Now, worldwide noted as the rear naked choke. Everybody's seen it now. But at the time, nobody had seen this. And she locks me up in this rear naked choke and chokes the crap out of me until I tap, right? And now my ego is just crushed. All my friends are laughing at me because I just lost this little girl, can't even speak English. And uh, Pedro just smiles at me and he's like, tells everybody, you know, do like this, uh, come train jujitsu. And that was it. That was the whole thing. So that day, my dad took me down and signed me up. And uh, Sean, we didn't, have, we didn't have much money. So he traded across this metal bathtub because Pedro <laughs> lived in some crap place because he had just moved from Brazil. Traded this metal bathtub for lessons for a year. And, and I started jujitsu that day with my older brother, Brent. And we just, that, the rest was history. I mean, it was a life-changing event from there on, I took it to the next level. I mean, I absolutely love that story. I'm so curious, what's the narrative like in your head? Obviously you're on the playground, all your friends there, you get beat and the ego, a huge crush to your ego. But at the same time, are you saying, wow, I love whatever just happened to me and I, I want more of that? Sean, I, I knew that whatever happened to me, I had to do that. That's awesome. I had to be able to do that. And it made me respect the art instantaneously because because I had, in my own head at the time, I had thrown, I had been watching Power Rangers. I'd been watching the Ninja Turtles. I had a pair of like plastic nunchucks. And, and uh, enough people had been like, whoa, whoa, you're really tough. My ego was inflated. And this little girl just took it to, just, just took it and just smashed it down to the ground and made me tap out in front of all my friends. And from that point on, it was like, jujitsu is real. There's a girl just beat me. Jiu-jitsu is a real thing. And, and I, was, I was bigger than her. And she still beat me. I mean, I'd love to distill some of the, the mindset and training techniques that Pedro used with you from a young age. Is there anything that really comes to mind? Obviously, you had your ego kind of just crushed from the beginning. But are there other little tactics he used that you've incorporated into your training now? You know, I think, I think the biggest thing that Pedro Sauer did for me, and I've had a lot of incredible coaches from from Pedro Sauer to uh, the Sanderson brothers, who now they, they hold all the titles out at Penn State. They've changed the world of wrestling to uh, 
to mentors that are worth billions of dollars. And all of these men have these, have these uh, similar traits. All of these people to become successful, there is a guideline and there are things that they focus on. When it came to Pedro Sauer, I'll tell you, he, told, he taught me how to focus on the small details. He, he, everything was about details and leverage. It was not about, for, for Pedro Sauer, it was not about strength. It was not about um, busting through a wall, just running into it. It was about learning how to use your mind and how to play human chess. And it was tactical and it was, it was intelligent in, in every sense of the word. But it taught you that your body was even more powerful than just what you can lift or how you can move. It's how you use it. And uh, Pedro Sauer never, ever, ever stepped on the mat and didn't emphasize how important it was to learn leverage and learn technique and learn learn new ways of doing something and learn to be creative based on based on true rules and uh pedro sauer is a truth seeker it's a it's a it's a term that i i coin and i use a lot it's it's a person that's not hiding from the truth or not running from the truth and uh pedro sauer is a truth seeker and he he helped teach me how to be a truth seeker um, not to just take somebody's word for something, but to really go out there and step s- step into a situation that m- may be scary or maybe maybe uh, maybe s- exhilarating, one side or the other. You're going to step into that situation and you're going to see what's real and what's not real. And and uh, jujitsu that very first day with Taisa, that was a truth seeker moment. Sean, he said, "Hey, you want to go out there and fight?" Who, who out here wants to fight? I ended up raising my hand. That was, that was a truth seeker moment. I thought that I could beat this girl and the truth was revealed to me. And then once the truth was revealed to me, it was, it was up to me to decide what I was going to do with that information. I mean, I love those truth seeker moments and, and just how applicable the mindsets and the focus on the small details is for, for everyday life and business and sport, whatever it is. Uh, but I mean, you, you did start to accelerate from a pretty young age and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're credited with being the youngest North American to receive the black belt, uh, in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, correct? That is, that is correct. Yep. I was, I was 19 years old when I got my black belt in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Um, a week later, a week later, I, I won the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu world championships and, uh, and which was, I, I can't tell you how how nice that was because there were a lot of people that weren't so down with the fact that I I was able to to get my black belt, but it was really nice to be solidified all of a sudden. But you know that came down that came down to Pedro that 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 came down to uh, another part of Pedro's mentality, Sean, where he he was a man that was was always looking for new perspectives in fighting, and because of that. He had me start training no gi. He told me, hey, why don't you go wrestle? Why don't you go work on other areas? Don't just be content inside this little pond. You don't want to be, you don't want to be a big fish in a small pond. You got to be a big fish. You got to be a whale in the ocean. And um, that was always Pedro. At what age did that idea that you might be able to accomplish that goal actually set in for you? To be to become a world champion? Yeah. You know, I thought I was going to be a world champion 
I, I knew, truly knew I'd be a world champion probably by the time I was 10 years old. Um, by the time I was 13 and 14 years old, I would go with my mother and we would, uh, she liked to paint acrylics. Have you ever done that? I have not. So you go to a, you go to a place and they, it's like, uh, these color me minds and, uh, different, different arts and crafts places. And they take these, they have all kinds of things, you know, jewelry boxes, bowls, cups, different things. And I would take these cups or I would take these bowls and I would, I would paint the bowl, but at the bottom of the bowl, it would say, you are a world champion. <laughs> and so every single day I would eat cereal, Sean, I'd get to the bottom of my bowl and I would read every single day, you are a world champion. And, and I did little things like that all over the place from post-it notes to inside my cereal bowl to the bottom of a cup I drank orange juice out of. Um, and, and I would write it on every book, on everything that I had. And, and I was, a, I was uh, in a visionary state, in a place where I, I, I was going to convince myself that it would happen. And once, once I convinced myself, it was just left for the world to find out about it. You mentioned you're in a visionary state. Are you actually visualizing yourself being the world champion someday? Or do you mean just through the post-it notes and what you were writing on the bulls? No, I, I, I truly was visualizing from morning till night that I was a world champion. When I would go to bed, I would dream about what it was like to have my arm raised. I would, I, I've probably fought my world championship finals matches 10,000 times before I ever actually fought the world championship finals match. And, um, and that was across all of them every night, every day. It was in my mind. It was in my brain. It was in my blood. And I, I made sure to fuel that and, and be a part of that. And when you, whenever you have a goal, and I know you touch on this on your show with lots of different people, whenever you have a goal, it's, it, you, you have to immerse yourself inside of that goal. You have to, you have to push yourself towards that direction and you have to surround yourself with positive things that are leading you down that path. And sometimes you don't have positive people around you. There were, there were many times where I had, I had people along my journey that, that tried to discourage me, tried to, tried to push me down, tried to block me out. I mean, Sean, when I was a teenager, I, I used to train with adults because you can imagine we're talking what? 2005, uh, something like that. Even, even before that 2000, when, uh, UFC really wasn't well known. It wasn't mainstream. Um, I was this karate kid walking around at the time, at the time I had, I had entered college really young, Sean, I entered college when I was 15. And so, you know, you weren't going to impress girls when they, when they asked you like, so what do you do? And you're like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm into jujitsu. And they're like, karate it, it wasn't like going over super well but nowadays you got like conor mcgregor ronda rousey i mean you have the john jones i mean they they encompass everything but at the time it wasn't that exciting and i would have adults when i would win the u.s open or or uh right like right when i came back from winning the u.s open this is 2004 i came back and i had i had adults in my own academy sean that would say nobody likes you here at the gym because of jealousy you know, they would say, you know, you should just quit. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be around you. And you're never going to be successful. You may have won the U.S. Open, but who cares? And 
I had to block that type of negativity, block those people that are jealous, block those people that are upset. And it came down to some of the smallest things like painting an acrylic bowl with you are a world champion. And every day I got to read that. And if you do that every single day, by the end of the year, you've done that 365 times. And that's a lot of times to tell yourself something. I mean, I'm interested how confidence plays in all of this for you. Obviously, you you must have had some inner self-confidence, but even like you mentioned, when, when you go back to the gym and, and the people around you are even saying that they're not happy for you and they don't like what you're doing currently. I mean, how do you handle that? And then how do you continue to push that self-confidence without being cocky? Or is it a cocky mentality that helps get you there? You know, Sean, that, that is a phenomenal question. Like that really is a phenomenal question. And, and there are a lot of, there's a lot of different ways that people handle that situation. Um, for me, for me, it has never been a negative way that I wanted to handle the situation. For instance, somebody says, you know, you suck. I hate you. I've never been the guy that, you know, pulls up that meme or the Instagram post that says, uh, you know, the best way to get revenge is to, to be successful. Well, Sean, my goal is not to be successful, to be vengeful. It is not to be successful to to make sure that you see how great I am so that that way you can hurt at the end of the day. Um, My goal has always been to to be able to improve myself 1% every single day, to get 1% better every single day in some aspect of my life. And to do that regardless of who likes me or who hates me, um, because there's going to be a lot of people that want to, they want to put out your fire. You know, they, they don't, they, you know, Miriam Williamson in, in her poem where she says, when you let your own light shine, you unconsciously let other people do the same. That, that's a big statement, but not everybody's ready to let their own light shine. And it scares them. So they try to put out your light. They try to, they try to hold you down. And some people have to get through that with, with anger or with, uh, by being vengeful or, or uh, by trying to show somebody how great they are. Um, for me, it's not about showing you or anybody else how great I am. Um, because, because truthfully, inside of myself, I know my capabilities and, and I know how great I can be. And I know how great you can be, Sean. And I know how great all the people out there listening to this podcast can be because we are all very, very powerful beings. But there are a lot of things that can hold us back. There are a lot of things that can put us in a box. And uh, those boxes, those boxes are the things that really, really, really can hold us and make sure that we never get anywhere. And, um, uh, to me, it's always being about being outside that box. You mentioned 1% better every day, and that's actually a term that you created, correct? That's correct. Yep. It's a, it's a term that, that I, I had developed um, over, over years. Uh, it's a trademark term. Um, and it's about, it's about just improving yourself, just a small amount. And I, like... I did jujitsu. I did wrestling. I did coaching at the highest level. I did all these things. But then I went after this this challenge, Sean. And I, I, I'm sure 
I'm sure a lot of the followers have, have heard about it, but it's the 500 days that I did where I, I set a goal to back squat 500 pounds in 500 days. And that really, really instilled what 1% better every day is. It, uh, it took me from, from this place where I was squatting like 275 pounds, and I'm talking leg day every day, Sean, every day. You know, I see these memes. It says, man, crap, it's leg day. Or when your friend says it's leg day, right? We're talking leg day every day for 500 <laughs> days to max. And this 1%, I, I thought, hey, you know, if I do 500 pounds in 500 days, I'd be like 1% a day. It's only a pound a day. I, I bet you I could get to this number. And Sean, at the end of 500 days, by following this same system that I had been following to become a world champion, to wrestle in college, to train, train fighters, uh, to become UFC champions, to do all of those things, that same system took me, instead of me squatting 500 pounds, I was 178 pounds and I squatted 610 pounds on the 500th day. Jeez. And, and anybody who's listening to this, you can, you can, Go on my Instagram. It's all documented. The days are documented. You can watch this whole journey of 500 days. And it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I, during this whole, whole experience, I broke my foot. I hemorrhaged my eye. My younger brother died. I went through divorce. I started this thing when I was 29 years old, and I ended it at 31 years old. And the only way I could do it was just every single day trying to get just 1% better every single day. I mean, what about the people out there who they might for a month, they work their ass off and, and they really hustle and they, they do everything they can and then they maybe go on vacation or they lose track of their diet or what they're trying to accomplish in their business goals and then they get off track. How do you get back on track after being derailed? You, you get you just 1% a day. I know, I know that I'm going to say that a lot to you over this next little bit, but it's, it is that it's 1% a day. You know, there's so many people who just try to gorge. They go in this situation and they go, all right, I'm going to go to the gym and you go, okay, so when was the last time you went to the gym? Ah, it's been three years. And it's like, oh, okay, what are you going to do at the gym today? And they go in there and they get on the treadmill for an hour. Then they run over there. They try to run weights for 30 minutes. They go outside, they go swimming for a little bit. And then by the time they get home, they cannot move. They had a terrible experience and they never want to go back and they've ruined it for themselves. But if they would have gone to the gym and just as simple as it is, you haven't been to the gym in three years, you go to the gym, your 1% might be stepping in the gym door and just signing up. Your 1% might just be going upstairs the next day and stretching for five minutes and walking back out the door and monitoring some other people or maybe shaking one person's hand to meet somebody. But people don't work like that a lot of the time. They, they don't work in these small gains. Instead, they, they go in and they overdo it to the point where they hate it. And then they don't want to do it anymore. And then they do exactly what you just said, Sean, and they go, man, I got to take a vacation. Well, why do you have to take a vacation? Because you don't like it. Because it sucks. Because what you're doing isn't fun. You don't, you don't like what's going on, so you got to go somewhere else to escape what you're doing in your everyday life. And that's, that's a terrible life. That's a terrible way to live. Um, I'm, 
I'm blessed every day that I don't live that life. And I don't think everybody else has to live that life either. But we get put in those boxes and we get stuck a little bit. And then we force things on ourselves, like we're talking about, that are overkill. If you want to be able to be consistent at something, you can't go for such huge numbers all of a sudden and and show up and do something that you're not capable of yet. You got to just take it 1% at a time. Just get a little bit better. And then the next day, a little bit better. And over time, the compound interest behind that, it's it's explosive. Yeah, I mean, thank you for reframing that. And and I think a lot of people might compare themselves to look what Ricky has done, but you got to reframe that and, and see what those little 1% better in your day actually are. So, so thank you for bringing that to light. And I mean, you've, you've done a lot in your career. I'm, I'm really curious though, what are you most proud of right now? You know, I, I'm proud that I'm still, I'm proud that I'm still moving forward, Sean, like that, that I think is what I'm most proud of. I'm not, I'm not living in the past. Uh, I'm not looking at the thing I did yesterday or the thing I did five years ago. I'm not living off of, I'm not living off of a, of, of a day or a weekend or a, uh, a couple gold medals on the wall. You know, I'm, I'm trying to constantly excel and get to the next level and help people find a way out of the rut and the monotony and wondering why they've been stagnant for so long. To me, that's my, my, uh, my, to me, that's the thing that I truly am the most proud of is, is the consistency of my growth and the consistency of never giving up and never quitting and always moving forward, not taking a step back, not, not standing here and going, you know, this is enough, not saying, hey, well, oh, man, I, I, I wrestled here or I went to this high school or I, I had that, I was prom queen, you know, whatever these things are that s- somebody might hold on to for a very long time. That's not who you are today. That's who you were that day. What are we going to do today? And how are we going to get to the next place? And the one thing that I I do is just every single day, no matter the day, Sean, I just try to get 1% better. And sometimes you'd be surprised because people will watch my videos. They'll see something like, oh my gosh, this guy just squatted 500 pounds and threw like 400 pounds in the air. And then he was, I just saw him with Ronda Rousey the other day, like doing coaching. And then he's at this other place. Sometimes my 1% is a very small thing. It's, it's making sure that I, I stretched appropriately. Sometimes it's making sure that I got over to yoga. Sometimes, sometimes it's just working on a different part of my relationship or shaking somebody's hand, doing something that scared me. And uh, I think that, that would be what makes me the most proud. Yeah, I mean, a very motivating answer to that question. And I was so curious how you were going to answer that. And I had a feeling you weren't going to go back to one of your accomplishments, but more about that whole moving forward uh, mentality and attitude. And you kind of mentioned some of the things you're currently doing. I would love to give the listeners a little bit more light into actually what you're doing from a day-to-day basis right now. I know you have a lot of coaching you're involved with. What's a day in the life look like for you, Ricky? You know, a day in the life, a day in the life of myself is... Uh, you know, every, every single day I'm, I'm working with my team. Uh, I, I have, I have put together an incredible team. I actually have a, have a big, a big, we call it the Lundell compound. And it, it is full of, of talented, strategic people that are truth seekers and, and pushing to get to the next level. And every single day, every one of us are working on a project together. 
And these projects, these projects are just exploding all over the place. I mean, we right now, uh, we, I'm finishing a book right now. It's, uh, it's actually my guide, my personal guide to back squats. And it all came off of that 500 day challenge that I did, but this 500 day or this, this challenge, it's a shorter challenge, but it's, it's there to help people grow physically, spiritually, emotionally, all in one challenge that they can work on on their own. Uh, when I was doing this, when I was doing this back squatting ordeal, this uh, this five hundred days, Sean, it was it was unbelievable. It wasn't it wasn't like you'd go to the gym and you were just sore. So then you're sore, and then what do you, what do you say to yourself? Man, I'm sore. I don't think I could work out tomorrow. Well, here's the problem: you got to work out tomorrow. So. And you got to work out to max. That was the deal. It was, I maxed every day to failure. Well, because I was doing that, what ended up happening is then I, when my body was tired, it would start to talk to my mind and tell my mind, oh, you can't do this. You're too weak. You're not strong enough. You, you should rest, et cetera. And then I would start to question myself. Well, then I had to get in control of my emotions and my mind. And then that made my emotion stronger and my mind stronger because I still had to go to the gym. And so then I would be sore and then my mind, I'd have to control negative thoughts or even make sure that I even got in the door. And then I started to separate some of those areas and I started to really learn about what was controlling my emotions, my emotions being my mind and my, my physical body and, uh, how it communicated with me to try to get me to stop what I was doing. Cause it wanted to sit on the couch and eat some Cheetos. You know, my mind, it wanted to rest for a little while and not have to put so much input in lifting this, these weights. So then it really started to develop, to develop my willpower or my spirit, whatever you want to call that. And so this book that I'm coming out with, it goes through that and helps people actually develop themselves in their body, their mind and their spirit and how, just getting out there and back squatting, something that simple could develop a human being incredibly. Uh, we're writing several books for jujitsu right now. I'm, of course, doing motivational speaking still all over. Um, we're, we're spreading 1% better every single day uh, all over the world. And it's, it's, just, it's just catching on like wildfire. I mean, so many people are getting involved with it. I do jujitsu every day. I just got my fourth degree black belt from Pedro Sauer over at Mika Sapili's gym here in Las Vegas. So that was an incredible accomplishment. And, uh, and then I'm, I'm wrestling and, and then, you know, moving down, moving down a path of, of getting better in, in family and relationships and everything else. So that's my life on a daily basis is just trying to just improve a little bit with a group that has come together. I mean, you've been fortunate enough to work with some of the greatest athletes of all time and some of the most physical specimens that have ever kind of walked this earth. Is, is there anyone who really comes to front of mind that what they've been able to do on the mat, um, you've just been so in awe of? Wow, Sean, so many people, so many, so many people from the, from the, uh, from the jujitsu world to the wrestling world, to the MMA world, I've, I've really touched almost almost everyone. I mean, almost every country, every Olympian, um, 
UFC world champions, Bellator world champions. Uh, you know, I've been to Brazil. I lived in Brazil. I trained with Elio Gracie at his at his home with Pedro Sauer, who was the grandmaster of jujitsu, the entire founder. And all of these people have have very unique gifts. You know, they have very special things about them that make them incredible on the mat, and they they all use them in different ways. Um, I would I would say. I would say uh, I got to I got to obviously give homage to my to my alma mater, Iowa State Cyclones. They uh, they now are all of my coaching staff is over at Penn State, but there's some other incredible guys like the Kyle Snyder's out there that are that are doing incredible things and and their groups uh, in the jujitsu world. I, I was able to live in Brazil and train train in Manaus. I was able to train in Rio de Janeiro. I was able to train in Sao Paulo. And, and I was lucky enough to touch all the greatness down there. But the styles are so different. The approach is so different. But you know what makes them all the same is their consistency. And no matter who they are or what they were doing, it was their consistency that actually made them great. And uh, there's been a lot of guys out there that, are, that, that we look at as just being truly talented. Like that guy is just so talented. But I got I to gotta tell you, Everybody I meet is so talented. Every single person. Like, Sean, you are incredibly talented on this show. These listeners that are that are out there listening to us, they have such incredible talents. And if they hone them, they're better in the world than anybody else out there. And I wish they were a part of my team because every single person has such, such a unique gift. Um, so I have been fortunate to be with the best guys in the world in these fields. Um, but it wasn't really that hard to get around them because you just have to spot talent and you just have to believe in yourself and and step in there and say, you know, I want to be here and make yourself valuable, give value. They give value back. And before you know it, you have great relationship with talented people. Yeah, you mentioned consistency, and that's obviously going to be key to accelerating your life and you mentioned the training and the listeners and both myself are so fascinated by training. And I'm wondering throughout all your years, are there different unique training things you incorporated that you just don't see every day, but you really think helped you get to a certain level? Yes, without a doubt. I have a, I have a unique training methodology that, that, uh, most, most people will either can't cope with even if they try, they may not ever get to the level where they can where they can cope with it. But but I would love to let you in on what that is. And and since a young age, I have loved failure. I actually enjoy it. I crave it. I seek it. And because of that, it has propelled me forward. It has propelled me to levels that that people can only dream of. Uh, I when I would. When I would do jujitsu, I would grapple with people. I would, I would take four to five people. Pedro would have me do it. I would go to other gyms and just ask to do it. And, uh, and I would take four to five men at a time, put them, put them in a line, and then they would be purple belts, blue belts, white belts, and I would be a black belt. There wasn't enough black belts, especially at that time period. And so I would fight each guy for one minute until I finally got so tired that I would be submitted by the, by the lowest ranked guy. 
And I did that every day for years and years and years. I mean, when I wrestled, we would wrestle at Iowa State. I mean, Kale Sanderson, who was Olympic gold medalist, 159 and 0, um, the only man to ever be on a Wheaties box that was a wrestler. He, uh, he used to have us wrestle our partner until our partner would ask to give up, would ask to leave the room. So as soon as that guy would ask to leave the room, he would just put a fresh guy on the guy who was already tired and who had already failed. And that allowed us to continue to fail. So we're these winners, you know, these, this huge wolf pack, but he's forcing us into failure every day. I was forcing myself into failure every single day. Um, when I did my back squatting, that would just be another easy example. I would back squat to max every single day. So that meant I'd start with the bar, then I'd put on weight, then I would put on more weight and more weight and more weight until I fell to the floor with the weight. And I did that every day for 500 days. And what makes me different from everybody else um, when it comes to these things is I fail every single day, Sean. And I force failure on myself every single day. I, I push myself and I try to get 1% better. And by getting 1% better, I, I move to the land of the unknown, to something I've never done before. It's like a PR every single day. And then what ends up happening is I end up failing because I can't get 2% better for some reason. And then the next day, I get out there and do it again. But by failing every day, I stay humble. It teaches me about who I am. It shows me when my body's weak. It shows me when my mind's weak. It shows me when my, when my willpower and spirit have to overcome things. So if one thing I can tell your listeners or your people or anybody who really wants to excel in this world is you gotta, you gotta start to love failing and you gotta be excited about it and you gotta seek it. And the only way to seek it is to go after things you're unsure of or you're afraid of or you've never done before and if you do that you will you will be a rock star you will succeed yeah forcing failure on yourself is, is something you see with the greats no matter what it is whether it be sport or business and i love your mentality around that and how you force yourself into those failure situations every single day i'm also interested in i mean with how hard you push your body what do you do for recovery do you just mentally power through or are you doing things, I mean, with your wrestling background that kind of just helps overall performance with the recovery? You know, that, Sean, uh, that, that is an answer that is, is uh, it's, it's found inside of doing it. It's, a, it's an answer that I can answer for you, but many, many probably will not be able to grasp it right off the bat. What, is, what has happened is that for many people, they, they go to the gym, let's say on Monday. They work out. They're sore. Then they don't go to the gym on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they go back on Friday and they do something called periodization training. And that's something where, you know, you got to rest until you feel good again and then you go again. And that has been proven to make people stronger. Um, my methodology is more of like a Bulgarian methodology where I, I train every single day. I have, I have a broken foot. I'm training. I have a I have a broken hand. I'm training. Uh, I mean, I, I had a I had a hemorrhaged eye, where where it was like fully covered in blood, and I was being watched by a doctor, and I continued to train. To many people, that would seem so outrageous, like, oh my gosh, 
What are you thinking? You're willing. Are you willing to go to like lose an eye or go to death for a goal? And I'll tell you, yes, I am. And that's what separates me from everybody else, because I'm willing to go places that nobody else will go to get the things that I want to get. But going back to like what ends up happening when you start to train in this periodization way, one day you go to the gym, you get 1% better. Then you rest for three days. Well, that's three days in a row that you've now got 3% better at, at resting. You haven't got better at lifting. You haven't gotten stronger. You haven't gotten better at recovery. You've now taught your body that it takes three days to recover. For me, by going every single day, my body, it, it has little workers inside of it that's got to like run protein up and stuff it in the muscle and build branch chain amino acids and make sure that water's flowing correctly and doing all those things. Well, when I let it just do whatever it wants to do, it acts kind of like a lazy teenager. And it, it's like, hey, I need to take out the trash. Okay, I will on my time. Well, then you got to wait for it. Eventually, it takes out the trash, but it didn't just get it done. And when you train every single day, your body, it is forced now to get it done or it has to deal with more damage. So you either your body either learns how to fix itself or it dies. That's, that's where it's at. And um, bo bodies respond, bodies, minds, spirit, the spiritual side of things, the, the willpower side, all of, all of those areas respond to pressure and to having to be built. You have to build them. I've never seen a world champion just go sit on a sofa and all of the sudden his body just grew into a LeBron James and he was out there just dunking on everybody. You know, that, that doesn't happen. You have to do certain things to get to that level. And that requires a certain amount of pressure. And your body, you got you to gotta work out. The more you work out, the more pressure you put on it. The more pressure you put on it, the faster it learns how to recover. And that's how I recover so quickly. It's, it's because I, I don't give it a day off. I don't give it time off. And it has had to learn how to repair faster. It's had to, it's had to learn how to, how to work quicker and how to be, be more responsive to what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, the body and the mind are capable of such unbelievable things. And it's cool to see you pushing the limits and really testing yourself. And then just your overall mindset. I know a lot of the listeners and myself included are really appreciative of the light you're bringing to what you're doing, um, the 1% better every single day. So I can't thank you enough for, for letting everyone know more about that. But we're also curious, you mentioned a few things. What are you up to next? Uh, where can the listeners stay connected with you? You know, you can connect with me at any time at Ricky Lundell on Instagram. Uh, we're putting together right now the 1% 1% Better Everyday website uh, where where we do we do seminars all over the country for uh, corporations um, on what 1% Better can do for their company, can do for their personal life, can do for, uh, for, for their employees. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on there every single day. If you have a question or if you have something going on, I... I like, I like to talk personally with anybody out there that, that really wants to get to the next level, that's looking to, to improve themselves. So you can follow me there. I'm around. You can send me a message. I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to be a small part of your big success. Great. Well, we'll definitely have all that linked up in the show notes. Ricky Lundell, this has been an honor for me. So thank you so much for joining us on What Got You There. Mr. Delaney, it has been a pleasure of mine as well. Thank you so much.
Looking to freshen up your wardrobe for the summer season? Having trouble finding a brand whose products are functionally built to move and sweat in, but designed with a casual aesthetic aimed at everyday life? Then Viore is the clothing brand you've been looking for. Viore merges technical clothing with a West Coast vibe that looks and fits great. Viore's motto is built to move in, styled for life. They have a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore has incorporated innovative fabrics that feature anti-odor finishes, moisture wicking, and quick dry finishes. My favorite being Sea Cell, which is a sustainably sourced fiber that uses a blend of algae and wood pulp to create the most comfortable shirts you've ever felt. They really are. They're incredible. They're also anti-odor and filled with vitamins and nutrients that are released when you sweat. To receive 25% off, yes, that's 25% off your order, head to vioriclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com and use discount code W-G-Y-T. If at any point you're unsatisfied with your purchase, send it back. That's 25% off your entire order with a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. VioriClothing.com, discount code WGYT for 25% off your order. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you want to connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the Sand Blast Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.